Random Acts of Tangent. I am Adam. I'm joined by Annie. Hello. Hello. We have another interview for you today. This is Natasha Clausen. She's an old friend of mine from way back in the day. Uh, I think we met maybe seven plus years ago doing design things, and uh, she's been doing design things since then and has pivoted that to social media marketing. Design things like? Graphic design. Like, oh, okay. On the computers. Uh, I'm sure she does other fancy things. I mean, artists are usually very open to... Creative. Creative. Artistic. Yep. Yes. That's yeah, perfect. <laughs> perfect. Uh, this, this was recorded a while ago. Uh, about um, a little over a month ago, actually. So uh, we were closer towards the beginning of this whole crazy uh, stay-at-home... Pandemic. Pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> all that stuff. So we talk about that for a bit, and then we get into a bunch of other things. Uh, we actually we talk about TV shows at one point. Uh, at the time, Tiger King was pretty big, so that got brought up. Yes. Uh, I have not heard anything about that <laughs> in a couple of weeks, so I guess that whole phase is over, thank God. Uh, and uh, watching, rewatching shows. Uh, at the time, I was getting back into Community. I have then since finished Community. <laughs> I moved on. Uh, Such a good show. We, we did the the Mass Singer, which was fantastic. Uh, if you if you are able to fast forward through eighty five percent of the show to get the good fifteen <laughs> yes. percent, it's a really good show. Uh, Lego Masters, we're, we're going crazy about that. These, these are all. Well, you guys were talking about Lego Masters back no, then. No, no, I'm saying now. Oh, that's how long it's been. I was like, why did we not start watching it sooner? Then, yeah, it's so good. It is, it is, it's pretty good. But both of those shows are spoiler type shows, so I don't want to talk about it too much. They're just they're good shows. They're fun, it's fun, good times. Uh, yeah. So uh, also, there's a there's <laughs> at certain points in the podcast, you're going to hear what sounds like running water uh, randomly. Uh, that's me refilling my wine glass. I didn't so you realize, weren't peeing in the middle of the podcast no, or something? No, no, that, that that would be a different sound. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I guess for future podcasts, I will pour my wine further away from Mike, and uh, apologies for that. So I'll go. Uh, also, because this was so long ago, we were talking about predictions of the future, and I, I jokingly was saying that it would be about one to 12 years before the, we would be able to go back outside and then revise it to like, nah, I'm sure it'll be just one or two months. All right, well, that was a month ago, so... Uh, eh. Not, yeah. not, not the best prediction. Maybe I'm thinking now another month or two from now. And then next month I'll say the same thing, about a month or two. <laughs> and then next month after that I'll say, eh, about a month or two. I think that you're Fast forward to 12 years and then we're good. <laughs> of everything being genuinely like opened up, that yeah. one year prediction was probably accurate from when you made it. All right. But we had a good time this podcast. This is much more fun, uh, more upbeat than the, uh, the the other podcasts, I think, because we're just it's just a conversation. We're just having a good time, interacting with each other, talking about how everything is happening around us, uh, the, our views on things. We do get into some graphics talks and uh, social media talks because uh, social media is her game, and I suck at social media. So it was it was nice to hear things like, okay, all right, uh, I'll see if I can try to put some of these into. Into practice and up my right. social media. Hey, game. if you suck at social media, what does that make me? Uh, well, you can pronounce it, so that's that's the first step in the right direction. Uh, after that, there's a lot to work on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait. I was wondering where you're going with that. <laughs> but she, her company is uh, aspiring, and uh, the website is aspiringco.com. But it's spelled. Cleverly, I think. A-S-P-I-R-E-E-N. It's aspiring, you see. Uh, co.com. So if you have any social media needs, graphics needs, go to the website. She's also on LinkedIn. You can find her there as well. And at, at this point in time, we talk about this on the podcast, it's very important to have an online presence, especially right now. If we're trying to find something anywhere, it's hard to get a, track, get a, get a hold of people. 
So you go online. What's the website? Oh, they don't have a website. Pass. Next company. <laughs> I'm assuming, does she also help with search engine optimization so that when you do Google things, it yeah, shows I'm, up near the top? Because that's also super key to being found online right now. Absolutely. Well, every, anyway. Everything that is online, uh, social stuff, I'm, I'm sure she's ha- she can handle it. She's, she's, she's very good at what she does. Uh, from When I first met her, she was... Uh, she, she had a passion for it, which I think that's why we connected because it's hard for, to find people that are passionate about uh, the industry that I'm in. So when I was able to talk to her and we both are excited about the same uh, nerdy things or <laughs> that nobody else would ever understand, we we're like, we're going to be friends. To be fair, it's hard to find people with a genuine passion, passion, passion oh, yeah. about anything. So yeah. to find someone who also has a passion about something that you are also passionate about yeah. has something pretty special. She's good people, and we had a lot of fun, and I hope you guys enjoy as well. So here's the podcast already in session. How, how are you dealing with it? What, are you working from home? Yeah, I'm working from home. Uh, my fiance and I are both working from home. I'm doing really well. Uh, I'm a little bit tired this week, but we've been eating out a lot too, which doesn't help. So. Like, I did really great all day, and then at, like, 5 o'clock, I just felt like I hit a wall. So I just got got some caffeine, and I'm hoping to pep up a little bit. <laughs> okay. What does uh, eating out look like for you guys? Mm, eating out for us, we really like Thai food, like occasionally Chinese. We really love to go out, so we probably eat out too much. Um, we really love downtown Sacramento. There's lots of great places to eat, but we're really kind of eclectic. We like lots of things. Thai, Indian, uh, we love steak houses. Um, so yeah, you're all over the board. Okay, very cool. I, I find myself gravitating more towards uh, Mexican than anything else. Uh, probably because I grew up with that kind of stuff anyway. So it's just, <laughs> it's an easy go-to. If my, if my girlfriend ever asks, uh, what do you feel like eating? I'm like, ah, Mexican? I'm like, ah. So she knows now she has to think of what she wants first. Uh, because if <laughs> if it's left up to me, it'll be Mexican. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, you don't, you don't have to fight about where you're going to go if she always knows you're going to choose Mexican. Yeah, but then she forgets still sometimes. And they're like, uh, what do you feel like? Our problem is that so we'll go out and we'll think we'll want to go somewhere or we we'll want to try something new. So we'll go, but we have kind of a vibe thing, right? If you walk into a restaurant and if it doesn't feel right or if you're just not feeling food or whatever, when you walk right through the door, we're like, oh, this isn't it. Like, we made the wrong choice. And then we'll just have this night where, like, nothing seems right. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> what, what is it, the, the bear cartoon where, like, none of the beds is just right? It's like, none of the restaurants are just right. And so we'll spend, like, an hour wandering around going, oh, no, this isn't it. Maybe this. Oh, no. <laughs> so we either have, like, on or off nights. Yeah. Uh, how about uh, movies? Do you guys agree on movies? Is that something simple? Um. No, not always. But the one good thing is he will find something on Netflix. I'll just scroll through endlessly. So I might not approve <laughs> of his choice, but it will, at least he'll decide, which is, I think, probably better than continued indecisiveness. Yeah. What, what is the uh, – let's see. Uh, Tiger King is the big thing everyone's always talking about as far as Netflix. Have you, have you checked that out yet? Yep. Well, we have definitely checked out Tiger King. I heard it you know, on social media. I kept seeing it. I'm like, all right, I've got to watch this. And then I'm pretty sure we binge-watched the entire season in about one day. I had started it, like, by myself. And then when he came out, I was like, you have to watch it. And so he caught up, and then we just pretty much watched the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> Which was entertaining and also, 
I, I don't know. I, have you seen it? <laughs> I, I've seen parts of it. Like uh, my, my girlfriend was watching it. That's so why I, I caught maybe two or three hours worth of it. Then I started from the beginning myself. And then I, it's it's interesting, but it's also I, I think I I got what I need from it already. <laughs> I don't need to finish it. It's like I, I get I got the picture here. I'm I'm, I'm cool. Yeah, it's it's so ridiculous, and I think that's why it's kind of so entertaining. Is it's hard to think that people are actually doing the things that you're seeing and doing it yeah. so outrageous <laughs> that it becomes kind of hilarious. Yeah, it's it's very very odd uh and usually i'm a completionist so it's, it's actually kind of weird now that i'm thinking about it that i am able to not finish it as most things even if i end up not liking it i have to follow through go all the way through like there was the uh the, there was a flash series uh on the cw and the arrow series and then uh supergirl or whatever and they all kind of started intertwining so i once i got into it and like all right i need to see where all of these different shows now go even though I eventually started disliking the shows, <laughs> like, no, but I gotta, I gotta. They're gonna be more crossover next time, and I gotta find out what's what's happening. Drive myself crazy, yeah. but somehow Tiger King, I was able to be like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> that was enough. I only needed two episodes, and I understand everything right, that yes. I needed to know about this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite as I've gotten older, and I don't know if it's. I actually think it's probably because there's so much content nowadays that I have trouble finding things that really hook me. And I grew up reading. So I you know, was always reading like fantasy, sci-fi, anything. And now, you know, it's audiobooks for me. I've transitioned to audiobooks because I have a hard time just sitting down and reading. But oh. if I'm doing an audiobook, I can be doing something else. But I find that probably, I don't know, probably seven out of 10 books I pick up, I'll listen to the first hour and it just doesn't hook me. And I, I can't get into it. So I have all these abandoned books and TV shows. Oh, <laughs> Interesting. So I, I have the opposite problem. <laughs> wow, I wish I had that. Uh, I, I, I 100% agree with you about the audiobooks, though. That's that's something that I started uh, oof, probably in in high school is when I first got into audiobooks because I, I, it drives me crazy to just sit there and read. It, it feels like I'm not being efficient. It's <laughs> I'm only reading and that's it? Really? Yeah. Well, and for me, too, I really – there's certain books that I like to reread, but then, of course, then it really feels wasteful. So – you know, I'm doing laundry, I'm working out in the yard, I'm meal prepping. And actually, that's why I watch so much TV, because I actually watch a decent amount of TV. But it's not like I'm usually sitting on the couch just watching TV. And yeah. I'm meal prepping and making dinner. So it's entertaining my mind, but I'm actually being productive and healthy at yes. the same time. Yeah, so it, it, pr- productivity is, is that's a big thing for me. As, as much productivity as you can get done in, in a short amount of time, uh, the better. But, but then, of course, there's also the then you sit there and binge things. Uh, I, I, what I find myself doing is I'm rewatching old stuff. Like I, I've gone through The Office again, Parks and Rec, and I'm now going through Community. Uh, things that I know I enjoyed and just kind of take me to a happy place, basically. I, I've definitely been doing that lately too because I finally reached a point in my life where I'm not remembering things that I watched before. Because I used to say <laughs> I would never reread books because I knew the storyline so well already. Right. And then, you know, the, the more time goes by, it's like, oh, I don't really remember this anymore. And then you actually get to enjoy it again. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's nice. Yeah. There, there's certain movies that uh, I'm trying to get my girlfriend to watch that she'd never seen before for some reason. And these are like movies that you should know about. Uh, like uh, she just watched Goodfellas for the first time uh, recently and The Shining is what we're doing next. Uh, and part of it is jealousy that is, she gets to watch it for the first time uh, because I remember watching it and being like, oh, yes. 
uh, but, but there's also parts of it that I'm forgetting as I'm watching it with her. I'm like, oh, wait, I don't remember this at all from this movie. What's, what, 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 when did this happen? So it's a fun kind of reliving. I think one of my favorite things, too, is that, you know, we had a certain experience that this was the top of the line, like CGI or effects or whatever at the time, right? Yeah. And it blew us away. And then looking at it five or ten years later, you see how it's not that anymore. And that experience is always so interesting to me. Like, I watched Lord of the Rings. I think it's like, I don't know, she's yelling at one of the hobbits or something about the ring. And, you know, it's just like, it's so cheesy. But when I first watched it, it was amazing. <laughs> wow. Always cracks me up. Yeah, the uh, one that holds up surprisingly well is Jurassic Park. The The, the first Jurassic Park. Because ah. a lot of it is practical effects. They didn't do a lot of CGI stuff. So it, it I was... And then, it, but then that becomes a thing. That was made in like '94. So if I, other movies that were made in that time period, and I look at the, the effects, and like that's really shitty. Uh, look at Jurassic Park. Look how good they could do. Why couldn't you do this? It's the same time here, same time period. Uh, that's cool. It's weird. I get I get too worked up about movies though. That's that's a flaw. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's for the movie podcast. It's corrupted my brain. I, I call it spoilers goggles. That I, I'm watching everything. With the thought of, oh, I'm going to talk about this on a podcast and uh, about how awful it is. So I can't enjoy things anymore. <laughs> oh, that's hard. I think sometimes my my trouble is that I can predict a lot of plot lines. So if they're not, you know, deep or interesting, if they're pretty surface level, you know, I sit there on the couch and yell it out. My fiance's like, knock it off. <laughs> and that's, I don't watch previews either. They drive me nuts because, like, they just showed the only amusing parts in the whole thing. And now the rest is filler. <laughs> yes. Especially now, the, the movies are the trailers. It's they, they they put the entire movie in the trailer already. So why why don't I need to watch it now? Oh yeah, it drives me nuts. So I won't watch them. And then, regardless of whether the movie is bad or good, it's still better because at least anything that was partially good is still a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah. I, I also I do this thing where if I if there's a movie that I know I want to watch, I intentionally try to avoid the trailer completely. Uh, so I can go yep. in a hundred percent blind because then you could take me on that journey with you and then I, it'll all be nice instead of, cause, cause parts of the trailer get stuck in my head. And if I haven't seen that part that I saw in the trailer, then I kind of know how certain scenes are going to end. Like, Oh, he yep. might die here, but he hasn't said that <laughs> line from the trailer yet. So he's probably going to be alive later to say it. <laughs> it's a, it's yeah. Real. So true. I do really enjoy now that, you know, we're almost, we're not moving away from movies, but there's so much more emphasis on TV shows mm-hmm. um, because of Netflix and Amazon Prime and all these things. And they have so much longer to get you in and attached to it. And it's so much more like, I guess, the experience of reading a book because yeah. reading a book is a much longer journey than, you know, an hour, three hour movie. So I feel like they have in a way replaced that experience in a way that movies never really did for me because mm. You just don't get as attached, and and the TV shows like you know you could be with them for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, if it's you know an eight season show, you get really invested in it. It's it's kind of to me what podcasting is to like stand up comedy. Now, where stand up comedy is a they record a one hour special or something, and you watch it once, and then that's it. So you end up rewatching the same comedy special over and over again. Versus if that comedian had a podcast, they're putting out new material. Uh, every week or every day in some case you get to be more involved and so you, I, I feel very connected to the people that i listen to as far as podcasting goes uh to the mm-hmm. point where i it was i was listening to it was a radio station that did a podcast back in the day uh and they would have live events and i'd go to the events and i and i'd be like hey what's up man and I'd like because they're with me like four hours a day uh <laughs> five days a week 
So it's mm-hmm. it, it becomes a relationship that you get. I, I know this person. I, I feel like I know them. I'm connected to them. Uh, and then when you go say hi to them, they're like, who are you? Like, oh, that's right. You don't listen to my podcast. I listen to your podcast. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> it's great marketing, though. It is. It is. It's very Personal good. Personal brand building. Um, I, I kind of go through phases, too. Like, I love podcasts, and I'll find a new one, and I'll love it, and I'll listen to it, like, crazy for two weeks. And then I won't listen to anything for, like, months and I don't know if that's normal for people or if they tune in every day but I go in like these kind of obsessive spurts and then I like oh. <laughs> go disappear for a while I, I think I get content fatigue like I get all into it and hyper focus and then it exhausts me because it's too much and so I kind of like go back and forth between consuming a lot of content and then going all right I need a break interesting okay yeah I I, I am Pot committed uh, to everything. Uh, the the podcast that I listen to, I if I'll listen to maybe the if it's a new one, I'll listen to one of the more recent episodes just to see how it feels. And then once I decide, okay, I like this, and then I go all the way back to the very beginning and until I and then I won't listen to the new ones until I catch all the way back up again because that oh, that's me. It's it's crazy. It's um. It's not, I don't think it's healthy, but it's how, it's uh, it's the way that I am. So. I have a question then for you. I do a lot of like online courses to stay up on, you know, my business things. And I can hardly listen to any training at just like, you know, normal speed. I have to put it at like 1.5 or double speed. Yes. <laughs> is that just me? Nope. I'm, I'm at 1.6 is my, is my, it's my go-to. 1.6. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. It d- depends yeah, on the depends app. Depends on the person's voice. <laughs> yeah. Well, but also it's. It, it, it's also weird, though, because some of the podcasts I listen to are, are podcasts of radio shows. Uh, so if I ever do listen to the show while it's live, it sounds so slow. <laughs> he's, he's not talking at a normal speed because I'm used to blah, 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 like, super fast. It's crazy. Uh, I, I can't imagine that it's very healthy for us to like speed everything up to that pace. But I definitely find myself doing it all the time for video content. I think it's it's the same reason why we listen to audiobooks. It's productive. We we get to listen to more mm-hmm. things if we speed it up faster. Uh, then I could listen to ten hours <laughs> in in seven hours uh, versus uh, then there's three hours there that I I'm, I could have used for something else. It does make me a little anxious though. I find like if I you know if I just listen to a few things, it's fine. But if I'm like trying to get through a course, I think that it talking so fast sometimes does like it builds my anxiety. Like okay. Like, I can't consuming the information. I'm like, oh, all right, okay. I gotta act on this now. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think my brain works fast, uh, generally speaking, uh, and usually I have trouble with computers trying to keep up with me uh, and stuff in general. Where it's, I need to get all this out as fast as possible before I forget it. Because uh, <laughs> as fast as it works, it doesn't always retain information as as I think it should. So I. For me, I need to get, do it as fast as possible to get it out of my system or get it into my system. Uh, so yeah, it's just, I, I get anxious if things are slow. <laughs> no, that's no, that's that's a fair a fair point. I, I would agree with that. My computer was actually being slow today. I had you know a couple design programs open. And I'm like, keep up with me. It's so hard when I'm waiting on the computer. <gasps> yeah, it's it's super frustrating when it's I'm like trying to open up text edit and it's taking too long. Like you're, you're, it's a simple program. There's not much to this program. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, yeah. So uh, how, how long have you been uh, doing the design stuff? When, when did that start? Um, 
a long time. So I started in high school. I did a ROP, Regional Occupation Program. Yes. My junior year. So that was kind of cool, though, because um, I don't even know how I signed up for it. I must have found a flyer and signed up. And really, probably what was attractive about it was that I got a free period at the end of the day where I got to go home early on Fridays. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I took this class. There were about five people, and I got really interested in graphic design. And so had some experience in it. And I actually, I guess, ended up applying to college for a few different majors. I didn't apply to many colleges. And I actually didn't get into two of the colleges that I applied for, which is funny because I ended up going to UC Davis, which was apparently harder to get into. <laughs> and the major was design that I had picked there. So um, I actually didn't have many options <laughs> at the time that I got my uh, degree back. And I just, so I guess I kind of fell into it that way. And I've been designing ever since. So right. that's been a while now. I'm, I'm 31 now. So. 31. Okay. So you're not yeah. too much younger than I am. Uh, out of curiosity, what was the, the first program that you were using in, in the design world? Ooh, I, Illustrator comes to mind, but it might have been Photoshop. Okay. For uh, Photoshop was when I was learning, but then once it was like a career thing, it was um, we were using PageMaker, which, which was – from there it went to Illustrator. I think PageMaker was right before Illustrator. Uh, and then uh, some crazy people were using Quark still. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand that. I had to have to download trials for Quark every time we get a file uh, at my job for <laughs> here's a Quark file. I'm like, what? I think it's big in uh, in Europe, but uh, not here so much in the states. So I download the the demo program, and then for the next four months, I'm getting emails and phone calls from Quark like, "Hey, how'd you like the product? What you want to buy?" I'm like, "No, no, no, nobody, nobody likes no. you. Go away." Uh, <laughs> That's funny. Well, actually, you just triggered another memory. So I did the ROP program for design. But what I actually got interested in graphic design for was that I was kind of nerdy, right? I like to read lots of fantasy and things like that. So I used to do writing-based role-playing games online. Oh, those, yes. Like, form-based writing posts of what you're doing. So I guess that's probably kind of like, what is it? Uh, oh, my gosh. I'm forgetting the name. The Dungeons & Dragons. The game yep. that everyone plays. I haven't played that, so I... I don't know, but I, apparently I'm more nerdy than everyone because I literally like just played these text-based RPGs. But at the time, HTML was popular and people would code these, you know, cool little uh, boxes and they'd have a picture of their character that was Photoshopped, like with these different, I'm like, I want to be able to do that, right? So I learned <laughs> how to do HTML so I could do the flashing text and so I could make my own photo montage of my character. And that that's apparently how I set my entire life course was my 11-year-old <laughs> Game. Fantastic! That's 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 beautiful. I, I think you would get into D and D though, uh, based on that. Uh, but also, I I, I want to share something. We we started doing game nights with uh, some different friends of ours, and they turned me on to this game. It was it's called AI Dungeon, where it's basically a text based game like that, where it, it tells you here's the situation, what do you do, and then you type in this, I do this, <laughs> and then it like thinks about it, and then and here's what happens. So it, it can take you anywhere, and you can do anything. It's crazy, and you can have you can be in fantasy world, you can be in the future, a dystopian wasteland. Ah, oh, I just got very excited. Uh. Yeah, AI is pretty cool. Um, I think I saw someone posted the other day on Facebook. Um, basically, made the AI watch all of Tiger King, mm. <laughs> and then write another episode, <laughs> and that was pretty entertaining. Yes, yeah, I've seen I've seen those. They do that with um, like The Office, and they did a Batman one. 
That's it's crazy how that works. I, I'm skeptical of whether or not that's true. Uh, if if they actually fed it to the AI or they typed it out themselves. I was a little bit too, but I I know that AI is coming a long way, and you know sometimes it's kind of even creepy what AI can do. So we're we're right on the threshold of yeah <laughs> pretty interesting technology. Do, if do, it's not there already. Do you have any fear of the uh, Cyberdyne uh, Terminator style AI become self aware? I don't know, but I always think of this story where they had like two computers talking to each other and they quickly had to shut it down because they invented their own language and then people couldn't understand it anymore. And again, I don't know if that story is actually true, but like it sounds reasonable and it sounds really creepy. And that, that does sound like, you know, the start of the end of the world. There was a, a Twitter uh, AI that they created. I think, I think it was Microsoft or somebody. And within an hour, it became very racist uh, <laughs> this makes a lot of sense if it was twitter yeah because it's just based off of what people are tweeting at it and it kind of takes it in and it creates a thing and then it starts making tweets based on the input it's get it got it became very, oh boy. very racist homophobic and uh very crude and it had to be shut down i think uh, i think it was within 24 hours <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's funny. The, the, the Twitter machine that makes sense. Uh, Twitter's a, Twitter's a dangerous place. Yeah, I had never really understood Twitter, and I I got on it a few months ago because um, I was following some political stuff. And I said, "Oh, this is what people use Twitter for: all these like political updates, and then just just back and forth terribleness. It's like just feels like not the greatest, most positive." Place. No, it's it's real bad. Uh, I, I have an account only uh, for social media purposes for the podcast, uh, but I don't keep up with it. Every time I try to look for stuff or try to make it interesting or find interesting things, it ends up it's, – it, it's like a YouTube rabbit hole where I'll, I'll like click on this guy. Oh, I, I like that guy. I like Ricky Gervais. Let's see what he has to say. And people are commenting about his stuff and then that leads to other comments and it goes I'm like, what? what is – it's it's – it's kind of like uh, the, the same way of you, Tiger King. It's like, that's weird, uh, but uh, I'm good. <laughs> I think I'm okay. Yeah. No, it's so true. And like, I do quite a bit of social media because I, I also do that um, in the business world, right? Like helping uh, businesses with their online presence. And I steer away from Twitter because it doesn't fit most of the things that I do, so, <laughs> okay. which I'm happy for. <laughs> I'm glad. So t- t- tell me what, what it is that you do exactly for the uh, in, uh, social media for, for companies. Uh, sure. So I work with um, some nonprofits. So I help them have an online presence, reach their donors and their volunteers, and really just push their updates and messages out into the world. Um, because even though we are so connected, um, a lot of people don't necessarily know how to use the social media tools to really get that message out there. And they might be doing all of these wonderful things, but nobody's you know hearing about it. And Social media, I think, is such a powerful tool, especially for nonprofits, to spread the word and then, you know, also raise funds because they don't exist without um, our support. So I really enjoy that. And it's it's been fun to see how much you can make a difference just by letting people know what's going on. Okay. That's something I've always been curious about because social media is something that eludes me as far as using it uh, properly, I guess, or uh, whoever to mm-hmm. effectively is probably a better word. Uh, we had a uh, guest on a couple of weeks ago uh, from a nonprofit that they are also trying to get the word out there. Is, is there algorithms like 
certain times of the day, certain days of the week, uh, as far as what's effective, what's not effective? There are. And here's here's what I'll tell you from my experience about social media marketing and really kind of any marketing is there are general guidelines for certain types of businesses or things where the best times are to post. But really, your best benchmark is always going to be your own business because you have a unique audience and a unique message. So really just looking at your reports each month and trying to beat your personal best and seeing when your audience is responding. So, you know, I think a lot of people go out there and we're like, we have all the answers. And usually they don't. If they're working a similar business than you, they probably have some great suggestions, you know, to start with. Okay. Um, but really, it's about, you know, finding out what your personal best is and beating that every week. Um, with the data and there's so much data available, like, you know, on Facebook, Instagram, um, you can look at the analytics and it will show you, you know, when people are liking your posts, what your most popular post is, who's engaging. And I think the funniest thing is, and I think this is for a lot of business owners, when they first start out, they get really discouraged because people aren't liking, they aren't commenting. So, you know, I'm posting into a void. And I had felt like that for a while because I was posting a lot, wasn't getting a lot of engagement. But when I would run into people, they would tell me, oh, wow, like so excited for you that you're getting a chapter published in a book or so excited you launched your business. I'm like, okay, they didn't like my post. Yeah. They didn't comment on it, <laughs> but they did see it. And so I think really for people to understand that even, you know, though you're not necessarily seeing anything, like people are still consuming that content. That's that's something that I am very bad at. Uh, I, I do spend a lot of time on Facebook, a lot more than I on Instagram or Twitter. And I'll be, I'll show my girlfriend like, hey, you see this post? That's pretty funny, right? Yeah. She's like, and she she asked me, did you like it? Oh no, I didn't. <laughs> and now I've already scrolled past it. I don't know where it is anymore. Uh, <laughs> so I'm I'm seeing it. I'm enjoying it. I am liking it, but I am not doing anything with it. I don't know where that comes from. I, it, it's it's because that's not what social media is for. And I think the same reaction that I am, what I'm doing, is what people are doing to my stuff. So. Mm-hmm. But I also noticed that if I post something that's just about nothing, uh, just a little joke about something I noticed in, in, in life, uh, ton of likes, ton of comments. And then when I post, hey, check out my podcast page, nothing. <laughs> well, yeah. So part of that is, you know, the algorithms because they want to reward things that are just naturally engaging. And then part of that is just a strat, like a marketing strategy because you shouldn't be, you know, if you're sitting there advertising yourself all the time then yeah, people don't want to, you know, just feel like they're being sold to. So it's, it's like a ratio. They say, you know, eight posts that are, you know, engaging, whether it's sharing a quote or something that people love and then one ask. So that would be the podcast post, right? You know, check out my podcast, Yeah. but all the other eight posts are relationship building. So even if it's a fun quote or it's a link to something you love, they're thinking about you. And the more that they think about you and the more that they like the things that you post, the more that they develop, like you were talking about earlier, where, oh, I know Adam and his podcast and, you know, they develop that relationship over time. Like, they know you. Interesting. Okay. Because I, I don't do the podcast uh, advertising very often. It's 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 a, it's a it's a weird flaw of mine as well that I hate, <laughs> hate self-promotion. Uh, it, it's, it feels braggy. It feels uh, desperate somehow to say, Hey, people that like me, can you help me with this other thing that I'm doing? It, it feels awkward as hell. Uh, and I, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no. I used to have a really hard time with that too. Like I, I'm definitely like more of an introvert and I used to be very quiet. And so asking and selling were always very difficult, but I, I found in the last couple of years, I've been hooked into a lot of 
like modern marketing and really, you know, kind of away from that scammy sleazy, like we're going to sell you on this and kind of gotcha. But instead coming from a place where you're really serving your audience with what they need and you're providing a service that's of value. So instead of selling, you're actually helping someone and yes, they're giving you money, but you're creating a transformation for those people, whether it's just entertaining them with your podcast or, you know, whatever that is, um, it doesn't all have to be serious. But right. um, that really helped me as I'm, I'm helping someone. I'm not selling to someone because that's really where I'm coming from with my business. Yeah, that's, it's, that's interesting you say it that way. I, I've been doing this, uh, this online therapy thing uh, uh, and I was talking to her about, yeah, I can't – it feels weird for the podcast thing. And she's trying to help me frame it in a way that – I am helping people. It, if, if, mm-hmm. Again, that feels douchey for me to say now. <laughs> no, I am providing a service. Uh, without me, some people would be uh, bored out of their minds. Or what, uh, it's it's crazy, but framing it that way in my mind does help a little bit with the promotion part of it. But it's still, I, oh, if, if it's awkward. It feels very yeah <laughs> unnatural. No, I, I mean, it still feels awkward for me, and I'm someone too. Like I, I was saying about my other things is. Um, I can get into something like posting frequently and then I get exhausted. So for me, I'll set up social schedule posts. So they, you know, post throughout the month. Cause if I have to do it every week, it's too, like takes too much energy from me. So there's different ways I approach it. Cause yeah, it does sometimes just <laughs> not feel great, but it, it's just part of it. And the thing I always think about is the person who had a message to take away from your podcast, but they didn't get to listen to it because they didn't know it existed. So they can always choose not to listen, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, there's, there's, <laughs> there have been a few episodes where I actively tell people to stop listening uh, <laughs> if you are one to be offended by things. Uh, we, we, not that we're offensive, uh, but we don't have a filter. <laughs> oh, this is not going well. Uh, <laughs> what am I trying to say? <laughs> what podcast am I on? <laughs> <laughs> No, we just we, we we speak our minds, uh, and we 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 generally, as far as the the Rat Pack, the Rat Pack crew that I have here, it's we take issue with people that take life too seriously. That's the ultimate thing. But you have to be able to laugh at everything, because uh, if you, if you're not going to laugh, then you're going to end up crying, and that's <laughs> kind of uh, <laughs> our take on life. Yeah, it's true. I definitely feel that. I'm kind of in that camp, and. I'm always definitely the person who's laughing in awkward situations because, yeah, the other <laughs> other reaction is anger or crying, and that just usually doesn't seem to. <laughs> yeah, there's a place for it. But. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, it, to start making jokes at a funeral, that's 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 in bad taste. Uh, but you do need to, I think, keep a lighter spirit. Generally speaking, as far as life goes, there's there's enough bad in the world that. I'd rather not add to it. <laughs> I'd rather uh, try to, if I can, subtract from it and make people laugh, even though they don't think they need to laugh. They may find, oh, I think I do need to laugh. That's 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 nice. Yeah, especially nowadays with the COVID nineteen pandemic that we're in, life is so nobody knows. I, I keep telling everyone that we're all on the same roller coaster together. Yeah, <laughs> we're not sure when we're gonna <laughs> get off. <laughs> Someone strapped us in and hit go. Yeah, how are how are things up there uh, in uh, Sacramento? They're pretty good. Um, you know, we we're fortunate. We live kind of in the suburbs, so we live right next to a park, and we've got lots of trees. So it's very easy for us to just social distance and go for a walk. Um, 
And then I volunteer with a horse rescue. So, you know, the horses don't stop needing to be taken care of just because of COVID-19. So yeah. um, I get to go out, you know, whereas a lot of people may not have that ability. So I feel fortunate with that because getting outdoors, I think, makes such a huge difference. Um, and as someone who works from home, I can tell you that even though I already work from home, this does change things and makes it even more of a challenge. Because I, I think there are like mental health challenges with working for yourself because there is always kind of you're always dealing with isolation and I had set up my schedule so that I always had like lots of networking and events to go out and be social and <laughs> suddenly that got taken away yeah. oh so I already worked from home but it's it is completely different even though it isn't in some ways okay so yeah I remember you, uh we had talked about you you've, ha- you've always had this love for horses that that's that goes back from god I don't know how many years ago that is we actually met uh, but uh, I remember horses being even brought up. I think at that time when we were. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the horse girl. Yeah. Uh, so, as far as taking care of horses in, in this climate, is that something? Uh, how does that? Because social distancing uh, has six feet away. But uh, as far as we know, mm-hmm. horses can't catch it. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's uh, horses. I think are safe. It's correct. I mean, it's just kind of like dogs. But that being said, you could be touching something and touch a horse and then the horse could be like a surface, right? But for the most part, um, you know, if you're going out to the bar and you would go out and take your horse out and you'd be able to socially distance pretty easily because it's such it's a large space. It's outdoors and you're not usually all riding the same horse. Sometimes (laughs) it's like a lesson horse or something like that. But um but it, it is pretty easy to social distance out there compared to so many other things. All right. Uh, now you started this uh, this this business that you're doing now. The uh, what, how did you get to the point where it was I, enough of this working for somebody else? I got to do my own thing. <laughs> well, that that's a good question, and I, I guess again, so so much like the other things I've mentioned, I go back and forth between things. So. I've always kind of had a side business. Um, in college, I started it with some friends and then, you know, I went to work full time and I kept the side business, um, doing graphic design services. And then after a few years, I decided to go to Europe. And so I kept the business and it was more full time at that point. Um, and let's see, then, you know, I kind of traveled for a bit and then I went back to work. <laughs> for about four or five years and I got burnt out of that and once I was burnt out and ready for something different I decided to freelance again and see if I liked it um and I'm really enjoying it there's you know it's like anything there's pluses and minuses to both sides um I definitely have an entrepreneurial spirit um but it, it is difficult to own your own business you know there's not always a steady paycheck you have to be very vigilant you're always chasing new things there's no complacency and if you're not up for that it's not for you and I think I'm a fairly sensitive person and being a sensitive person you know you're you're bearing the bait the the weight of everything and sometimes that I think has some mental health challenges too right because you're always like worried about it or this and that so I'm always working on more resilience I guess yeah. than myself but yeah I don't know if that explains it but yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, um, how long has it been since you started the business? Um, I start, so I had a partnership for probably about eight years that was sometimes full-time and sometimes, um, part-time. And then I, we've dissolved the partnership and I started fully my own design studio, uh, 
two years ago because it was in July, which is yeah, basically about two years ago. Okay. And then I went full time uh, in January, so a year and a half ago. So full time for a year and a half. And is is the business social uh, media or is it graphics or a little bit of both? <laughs> it's a little bit of a mix. Um, it's interesting because you know there are so many different things online now. Um, especially for smaller companies, which I tend to help a lot of um, like women in business or smaller companies. And I can't necessarily afford an agency, but yet they still need all these kinds of different services. Um, so I, I provide graphic design and package design, a little bit of web design um, and social media design. So really, you know, anyone with a small business can get up and going with the things that they really need to market themselves and look credible. Okay. So this is more for, for startups or do companies that are already established can also benefit? I do a mix of both. My passion is really working with um, women in business, but that doesn't mean that's all I work with. I attract all sorts of different things. Um, right now I'm heavily involved um, in a cannabis startup. It's female led and it's um, pack- compliant package design for cannabis. Cause that's one of the big struggles in all the different States. Um, keeping it compliant, but also having a beautiful presentation. So <laughs> yes. as you probably know. Uh, yes, I, I know this very well. This is one of the main things I'm working on these days is that, and uh, one of the companies is that there is a California version of the, of the packaging and the Colorado version of the packaging. And uh, they're almost the same, but there's slight differences that probably for the compliance uh, compliance. Uh, I don't, I'm not up to date on the exact regulations and whatnot. I just know that I'm seeing different designs coming in. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. what we're, we're sending out. It's, I think yeah. that that is, that is the, the next big market is going to be the cannabis stuff because it's going to continue to expand now that it's been basically legalized. Uh, it's, that's an industry that has been waiting <laughs> for so long to break into, uh, everything. And now, now it's here. And I was fascinated because, you know, I had been to a dispensary, I don't know, like two years ago or something. And I'd probably been to one even before that um, when I was in Washington. So, you know, I saw kind of the beginning of it and I hadn't thought much more about it. And so I've obviously been doing a lot more research since I've been working in it. And I was just blown away to see the innovation and creativity with all the different product types. And I don't think we're too far away from seeing like basically a cannabis grocery store because you can get <laughs> almost any kind of product, bath products, um, you know, edibles and drinks. And I was just blown away by the variety of things that you can buy. It's just, it's so endless. And then of course for a package designer, um, small packages that have actually a budget to design with, because, you know, usually like something like candy has such a small budget. You don't get to do a lot of fun things, right? but the price point cannabis allows you to do a lot more fun things with the packaging. Um, so of course that's fun for a designer. I have, I've been curious and I have wanted to go to a dispensary, but part of me still feels like if I walk in there, there's going to be a, a cop is going <laughs> to jump out behind the counter. Ha, ah, I gotcha. Like, Wait, no, I don't. I was just browsing. <laughs> I actually just signed up for a monthly subscription box more because I like the surprise of a subscription box. And just because what I found out is you can't just go into a store and always find the product that you want. Um, they actually even have like an app called weed, weed maps. And you can go and mm. see which dispensaries have which products because it's not consistent and they, they might have them in and they might get sold out quickly. And so me wanting to look at a variety of different packaging, it was like not always 
available to get it. So I'm like, oh, I'll just sign up for a subscription and I'll get different things and I'll be surprised by what they are. So, um, but I think it's fascinating that you can have, you know, a box shipped to your house once a month and they have to deliver it. So right. it's, it's still kind of interesting. So I, I that's another thing that I, I feel like that would become a dangerous thing for me as well. Uh, as, as far as, <laughs> cause like there, there's plenty of uh, those services that like you get one to one of these a month and there's going to be surprises in there. And but it, it'll, it, it will end up becoming a game for me of fi- of collecting every little thing. I, I I got this one piece, but I could have gotten this other piece. So now I got to hop online. Who got this piece? Who wants to trade? Uh, so <laughs> my my friends were asking me because you know I, I have all these cannabis products now because I bought them literally for the packaging because I need to be able to see the front and the back and you know how they're doing the compliance and everything. And it kind of has become that for me that it's like almost like this hunt to find these things when they're not always there. And they're like, you don't even really like to, you know, use the products. I'm like, yes, but I'm like, collect. <laughs> I'm a crazy person. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's my quarantine fun has been figuring out which things I can get delivered to my house because I don't already have. <laughs> so that's amazing. It's been kind of amusing. But well, another interesting thing I've been reading is just how this quarantine is going to change, you know, our normal experiences, because a lot of cannabis does have delivery service, but some didn't. And so now like that might become the standard is just delivery and it might not ever go back to just going into store because it's convenient. So I think a lot of businesses are going to end up shutting down because of that. We're we're finding out we don't need to leave as often as we need to, or we thought we did as far as like going Mm -hmm. outside the house, which kind of sucks because we're just going to become these like hermit crabs. (laughs) Uh, They're just everything. Now that we know we can survive at home, a lot more people will end up making that their norm. I, I, it's going to be interesting to see who does and who doesn't. I think it really starts to define personality types coming out of this. Because my fiance, for instance, does not like working from home at all. There's certain things he likes, but he cannot wait to get back in the office. And I enjoy working from home, but I was about to sign up for a co-working space because I want definition between my relaxation place and my workplace. Yeah. And so there's going to be you know people in all sorts of different buckets there, but. Yeah, it is. It's fascinating. Um, I think there's going to be a lot more like drive-through windows. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing that I miss the most is uh, is live music. That's oh, yeah. I I need to be out there. I have I'm close friends with a lot of very talented bands that I, I don't get to see anymore, and it's very upsetting. And in fact, we just <laughs> we just watched the uh, Crystalia special uh, on Netflix. And it's hilarious. And my girlfriend went online. Hey, he's got a show in August. We're buying tickets. <laughs> okay, I hope that works out. Uh. I know. <laughs> we we have music or music. Uh, we had um, tickets to a music festival in July, which I don't think is going to happen. But we really enjoy the live music, and it's so. It was hard to think that we were going to miss the festival, but it's even harder to think that it might be twelve months of no, like really going out like we like to go out once a month right like we like to go to several bars go like on a dinner date and just really enjoy downtown and it's still hard for me to wrap my mind around the fact that like that just might not be a like a reality so i I guess i'm grieving that (laughs) (laughs) well i I think what's going to end up happening is when they do open things up again uh in the next uh one to 12 years uh once we are (laughs) able to go back outside again (laughs) 
God. <laughs> oh. no. <laughs> no, but w- once they do eventually open it up, and I, 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 hopefully it's going to be within the next month or two. Uh, but when the, once they say you guys are free to go outside again, there's still going to be a huge percentage of people that will not do it. They, even though they say mm-hmm. it's cool. So that means the rest of us that actually do like to go out and want to go out are going to have a very open space to go out and play in because everybody else is going to be at home terrified. Yeah, we actually went out. It was one of the weekends before everything closed down. It was still like, you know, where everyone was talking about it, but no one was really sure. And, you know, we were like, should we go out or not? And we decided to go out because we wanted to support the restaurant. And we're like, well, there's probably not going to be a lot of people out. So we will be able to go out and socially distance, which it was right. There was like nobody out there. So it was really easy to do, but it was, it was definitely very weird and very different. Um, so I guess it gave me a little preview of what life <laughs> might be like. Yeah. I think the last but, time we spoke was right before everything kind of cracked down, like really cracked down. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think at that time my girlfriend just started working from home, uh, but it wasn't like mandated yet by, by the, the county or the city around here anyway. Uh, how, how soon was it for, for you guys in Sacramento that they started shutting things down? Do, do you remember? I'm trying to think. Like it's all blurred together. My fiance told me the other day that he had been home for six weeks. They sent him home a little bit before it was mandated. Um, but I was kind of baffled even when he said six weeks, cause I think everything's just blurred together. <laughs> right. It was in um, March, which was, uh, 72 days ago. Uh, oh I think the, no, no, <laughs> no, it's, it's only been 30. Nah. Yeah. It's probably about four weeks. Cause he went home like a week or two before it. Yeah. Here started, it was so. March 13th was kind of when things started becoming real. That's when I got the call from my daughter's school. We're not going. We're not. We're not. Uh, Monday, no school. And no more school for the rest of the year. So that that was that was the day it became real for me. It was March thirteenth. It was. Uh, I had to look at the calendar though. It's 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 written down the day it got real. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I can't imagine. We're we're pretty lucky. We just have dogs at the moment. We don't have kids. So when people ask us how quarantine is going, you know. We're having a great time. Like, it's just <laughs> us. Um, our dogs are actually a little bit annoying. Like, they all want to go out at different times. They want to bark when we're on the phone. But I know it's nothing like trying to uh, work and homeschool your children and entertain your children. <laughs> and so I just feel for everyone trying to balance all those things because I just, I can't imagine how stressful that is. Um, the answer is very. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> It's because my my daughter, she's she just started school again uh, on Tuesday uh, a couple days ago. Like the distance learning that they implemented at at her at her high school is just starting, but even then the teachers are still trying to figure out what's happening. Like "Um, (laughs) I'm not part of the meetings because I'm not in her class and that would be weird. But (laughs) I I imagine I I could could picture the teacher being like, "Can you hear me now? How about now? Is this is this working?" Can you see the screen? Is the screen up there? Well, I'm trying to keep them engaged because, you know, it's hard enough to keep a high school class paying attention when they're in person. And, you know, screen time is there so much you can do with it, but you also lose like this very real human con- like connection and engagement. So especially if it's not one on one, one on one, I find easier. But if I'm in like a group Zoom call or something, I can definitely find myself drifting off. Yes. 
we we do the uh, the, the game nights with my friends and uh, with with my girlfriend's friends, and it's probably maybe eight of us, which is fine. But then I, when I do the family, when it becomes up to fifteen to twenty people, I, <laughs> I'm just I'm just sitting there like, what is happening? So they're having a conversation, and they're having a conversation, oh. and I can't hear either of them. I don't know who's talking to who. It's very confusing. I know we started doing the Zoom um, happy hours with my family, and it's been really fun. And, you know, I'm used to Zoom. I, I work from home. It's totally normal for me. But I am definitely having Zoom fatigue. I've, like, seen news headlines about it. I'm like, oh, I'm definitely having this. I'm just, like, done with socializing because because <laughs> I've, I've been socializing enough that it just starts to feel a little exhausting because it is. The video is just different than in person. It is, but it, it's one of the uh, like uh, the guy that I had on the nonprofit. He was doing a nonprofit for uh, taking your temperature and uploading it to a website, basically uh, to help researchers for future uh, viruses and blah blah blah. Hmm. Uh, it, was, it was enlightening, uh, but the, the thing that he brought up that stuck with me the most out of anything we talked about was the social distancing term, uh, which should be physical distancing. Because mm, mm-hmm. personally, I've been more social with my friends and family uh, <laughs> using Zoom than I have before this. Oh, yeah. I don't get together with my family once a week, my extended family. And all of a sudden, we're like, happy hour at 5 o'clock every week. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. so that I And I am really definitely someone who's looked at the situation. And aside from, obviously, the terrible things that are happening because of it. I do see a lot of opportunity and how things are changing and that part, you know, separated from all the bad definitely does excite me. Like how will things be different? What new things will come out of this? You know, how, how can we be better? Yeah. So I I found myself having a thought, uh, which I think is douchey for me to have that the, the, uh, everything that's been happening, uh, I haven't got any negative vibes from it yet hasn't affected my life in a negative way. If anything, it's affected my life in a positive way. <laughs> and I'm like, this is kind of cool. Then I think, oh, no, there's a lot of people dying. But Yeah, no. Uh, well, and it's hard, too, like in California because we haven't – well, and, and for anyone who hasn't experienced something like directly like a job loss or someone you know being lost or even being sick, it is really hard, I think, for it to feel real, right? Especially because we watch so many movies and so many – things and we're so removed from it unless you're directly experiencing it it is hard for it to feel real yeah that's a challenge uh, yeah i even found myself thinking is this is this real is it possibly this is a conspiracy then like no no adam you're, you're you, you've had you've had too much to drink go to sleep uh <laughs> you've watched too much black mirror yeah, exactly <laughs> yes i'm sure it's not a conspiracy it, it can't be it, it, it's everything seems too real. Uh, and plus, I would feel like a crazy person if I started thinking conspiracy. There's, there's no way. I, 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 yeah. I can't. Uh, anyway, <laughs> what are we talking about? Uh, um, Dungeons and Dragons? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Just how life changes and the, the things that might come out of this. Right. So, uh, so you've been working from home already. So once this ends, do you think your business will change? Will 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 things be different the way you operate? That's a good question. I think for me, not much is much will change. What was actually kind of interesting is watching all these traditional businesses or businesses that have office places all of a sudden being shoved at home and scrambling with all these things. And, you know, me and other people who work from home 
welcome to our club. Let us teach you Zoom and, you know, all of the tools like Slack and things that we use to communicate. Um, So I think it's more traditional businesses are shifting to be more like all these online businesses that have really cropped up, you know, in the last 10 years. Um, So I think, I guess, in that way, I was kind of ahead of the curve. But it definitely creates, I guess, more maybe competition and kind of the online world because I wanted to do some online courses and I haven't gotten around to it. And I'm like, this is only going to increase online learning and distance learning, yeah. Um, which has been projected to grow at, you know, anyways, but now it's just exploding because you have people with more time or, you know, kids to entertain. Um, and also people just discovering it because this is a new world for people who weren't online that much before. Yeah. That, that was, we had a whole kind of a seminar, uh, and teaching certain family members how to use Zoom and uh, <laughs> how we can. Yeah. This is possible. Look at we're talking. This is this is. Uh, they're like looking at the. Is this uh, is this on? <laughs> the the <laughs> yeah. whole. Like, all right, no, no. You got to talk. And well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your your camera's not on, Grandma. <laughs> right. But I can see you. How's my camera not on? No, no. Can you send this to my <laughs> iPad? <Can> you... <laughs> Can you see this? That's right. my favorite one. <laughs> no, I cannot see it. Um, but, oh, one of the things I really think um, in terms of my business that will get stronger is that now, like, these businesses, like restaurants and things, if they don't have a line of communication with their tell them that they're not going to be open, they're really in a bad spot right now. So I think the need for social media, the need for email lists and the ways to reach your you know, audience and talk to them are more important than ever. And you're going to see these businesses that maybe had always lasted on just reputation start to change because if this happens again, they need to be able to tell them, Hey, we're here every day. Come support us. Or, you know, we're going to be closed for two weeks. Um, and a lot of businesses don't have that right now. That's something that is, is shocking me still to this day where I, want to order food from a, a company and I, I, we've decided in this house to only order from like mom and pop style stores, not the, the chains oh, just because nice. they're going to, they have the the list. Uh, chains will survive more than the mom and pop shops. So that's mm-hmm. what we're trying to do. And then I'm trying to find out their menu and I try to go to their website and they don't have one. I'm like, what are you doing? This is the time to have a website. You need to get with the times. This is, this is not the time to go off grid and be like, no, 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 we don't need those internets. Yes, you do. Right now you do. Well, and the Thai food place that I love, I, next time I go there, I'm probably going to have to tell them like, you guys need to be on Google because they just opened up and it, they took over from another Thai food restaurant. And so the old one's up on Google, but they never took over the address. So you can't even find their phone number. And so for people who are only doing to go orders right now, you're not going to drive over there and order and wait. Usually like you want to call it in and pick it up. So I can only imagine they're losing business from that. And that would take them five minutes. And then, you know, they have to wait two weeks for the postcard verification or whatever, but how huge. And there's many businesses that don't have those things set up. And so they really do need yeah. it more than ever. So I feel like my business prospects are strong. <laughs> Good. All right. So, so <laughs> this is the time to get all your online orders or online affairs in order. Uh, cause yeah. everybody's checking everything online. So th- this is a necessity now. This is not a, well, eh, I'll look into it one day. You know? No, no, you should already well, be there. Grocery stores, right? Like I'm imagining, you know, because 
through this pandemic, people are posting on the group chats, like, is there toilet paper there today? Is there milk? And they're literally (laughs) driving to four stores, which, you know, isn't very safe. And so I'm thinking there's going to be more um, retail um, inventory, you know, availability online. You can go and check those things. Yeah. Because we have the technology. All those things are barcoded anyways. It's probably not that hard, you know, to show that kind of inventory. So I imagine that will come out of this. We'll see. But I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Uh, Eventually, I think everything, uh, grocery stores will become basically just warehouses where people are ordering online and it's getting shipped. Instead of you being able to walk down the aisles, it's this is the stock we have because we scanned it. Well, so I'm, I'm really fascinated to see what happens with grocery stores because before this happened, my prediction is that grocery stores are going to change vastly and that they're going to become a place of community because now that you can order everything online, they can't be just a place you go and pick things up. And so you see places like Whole Foods and Nugget, you know, they have their food area, but then they've built in places to eat and Whole Foods has like a beer, you know, um, patio and things like that. Mm. And so I... I was seeing this trend towards making them very communal places. Like, can we have our book club here and the chairs and can we do things like that to make this more than a grocery store? Interesting. Now, of course, maybe <laughs> we can't get together. So maybe that changes entirely. So I'm kind of fascinated <laughs> to see what happens. Same thing with bookstores. They've, you know, brought beer and wine in because they're trying to figure out how can we, because bookstores obviously aren't working anymore. So how can you create something right. that has that element, but is also different? I had this image of a, a modern day bar now being uh, cubicles, basically, but there's like <laughs> glass walls in between everybody, so everybody's can be close, but it's kind of like a, like a you're visiting somebody in prison kind of situation where it's behind I saw the glass. I a picture of it the other day, and there's a <laughs> bottle of wine in each one. So right. I guess now we get to drink a whole bottle. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this but, is how we hang out now uh, behind plexiglass. It's, <laughs> It's so hard to think about, though, and um, one of the nonprofits I work with, they posted a video, or they're posting it soon, about, um, you know, human connection, and they work with um, victims of trauma, and how wearing gloves and wearing masks reduces that connection and starts to create this, you know, fear of people and fear of connection and, like, further, basically, you know, aggravating those traumas because they were already disconnected, and it's just perpetuating that, so I think it's going to be interesting to see i guess how that also impacts our mental health as we create all this distance mm. for people who really need connection like that's just what it is to be human right yeah so that's yeah <laughs> i i uh, last night we were doing uh we were recording another podcast for or, or the, the regular podcast with, with uh, the rat pack crew guys and we started at nine and then at around two o'clock in the morning, my daughter walks in and is like, Hey, you guys need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Oh my God. It's so late. We, we stopped recording <laughs> like hours ago, but we just, this, this is us hanging out now. We, it, it was our way of being social and spending time together that we, we don't have that anymore. And mm-hmm. we were just kind of all embracing it and hanging out. It was, ah, it was, it was, it was nice. I, I, I can't imagine this is going to be the way of life from now on. I, as much as it's convenient, to meet over zoom like we, like we are now to have a conversation. I yeah. still need that human interaction. I, I, oh, I, yeah. I crave it. I miss it. Well, I was, I was watching, uh, one of the news shows. Um, and I had an article actually, um, 
and they were talking about how people are quarantining, right? Where they either left their house to go stay with someone else or they have their germ pod, which they have a couple of people who they go and interact with. And I, I think that's probably the most logical next step is that they're going to loosen restrictions. They're going to say, please limit your contact, but you know, you can have X amount of people that you go and hang out with. And I think honestly, a lot of people are doing that right now where they have like another couple or something that they're going to see because it really is. There's serious mental health um, issues with not getting out um, and having that connection. Like it's yeah. not not great. Especially living with or being quarantined with somebody. Uh, you now are in each other's business all the time. There's no, there's no uh, like walls. There's, there's no like breaks even. Uh, I, what I started doing was like on, on weekends, I'll take a couple hours to spend in the garage and just tinker, fix the garage and do things just to have that kind of, not not that I don't like spending time with my girlfriend or my daughter. Uh, it's just, I, I, I need some time for myself sometimes. It's, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Well, even, um, working out like for a half an hour, like and being in the other room and closing the door, I realized the other day, I was like, Oh, this is my quiet time. Like we finally were able to (laughs) (laughs) you know it's just another room but and this is for even people who have healthy relationships right there's challenges but i I feel so bad there's a pretty dramatic dramatic increase in domestic violence because people who could get out for certain things no longer can oh no however the silver lining is that um other violent crime is way down because people aren't out and about yeah. So that's that's the positive we can take from that. But yeah, <laughs> and if for some reason you are out and about and somebody tries to mug you, you can just start coughing a lot and they, I'm sure they'd run away. <laughs> yeah, I expect you could uh, get charged with terrorism if you're doing it intentionally. But if, it, if it's in self-defense, is that terrorism? Yes, that, yes. <laughs> uh, very great question. It's uh, ingenuity. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I heard this term the other day on the radio, the, um, the Corona moment. Have you had a Corona moment yet where it was, uh, a needless kind of like blow up where like, ah, I'm just so angry right now. Please leave me alone. Uh, with, oh. with, uh, with with your fiance. Um, I mean, we've definitely had those moments, but the one that's coming to mind for me is I woke up one morning and just something kind of triggered me and my anxiety just started running away with me. And I'm like, this has nothing to do with my work. It has nothing to do with anything. It's just, I know it's just with what's going on, even though I feel like, you know, I'm all positive and happy and that things are going to be okay. Like there is, there's a weight on all of us um, and it comes out in different ways. And so I um, have, you know, lots of coping skills and one of them is working out. So I'm like, okay, I have lots of things to get done today, but the most important thing right now is to go work out because otherwise nothing else is going to get done. So I went and I took an hour and that really helped me. So, all right. That's yeah. how I deal with my <laughs> But yeah, there's definitely been frustration in the house with like, because I sit right next to my fiance now. So now we can like poke and throw things at each other. <laughs> We're trying to work. <laughs> Get out of my workspace. This is my workspace. Get out. <laughs> this is the couch. Yeah, Get out. That's, that's running back and forth between our desks and jumping up to our food bowl. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Uh, for for me, it's been mostly the trying to set up the Zoom meetings, and I'm, because I have Ratback Productions uh, and I have all this equipment and stuff, I'm trying to make it like high tech and appropriate. And lighting over here, the camera needs to be in this direction, and we have a different camera to get us all in the shot. 
And then as I'm trying to set it up, it's not working. And I was like, ah, give me a second to figure it out. I gotta, I gotta make this, I gotta make this work properly. Even, even as we were starting to record the podcast, it wasn't working out and I got, I felt the frustration building. Uh, but yeah. it passes. I'm, I'm fairly technical, but I found that podcasting and recording video are just way harder than I want them to be for the quality <laughs> that I want. And, you know, part of this is being a designer, right? Like I know exactly how the presentation should be. Yes. So if it's not there, like I can't be okay with it. And so I actually have a podcast that I've wanted to do forever and I just can't get beyond it because it's not up to my quality standards okay. to put out, <laughs> which my advice is to start and do it. <laughs> yeah. Dealing with my own perfectionism. Um, and you know, we've got four dogs running through the house. So it's like just, yeah, it's it's a lot more complicated than I, I thought it would be, even with all the technology advances we have. Well, the way this podcast started was I had talked about it for months, and then my friend uh, eventually said, shut up and do it. You keep yeah. talking about it, just do it. And I, and I was like, oh, I don't know if we can do it. I, I mean, we would need this equipment. And, and I started thinking about it. Wait, we do karaoke at home. It turns out we have this equipment. Holy crap, we could start tomorrow if we wanted to. He's like, then we're starting tomorrow. He was very angry. Because <laughs> I, I, it's something I kept talking about. And once we started doing it, it's been actually, holy crap. It's been 10 years uh, as of last <laughs> week that we, we started doing the podcast. Uh, but it was all just starting. And everything was self-taught over the time. And th- I'm sure there were uh, ups and downs. Uh, well, there were for sure. But the learning curve is, is not that hard. And if something well, you, you now, want to do, I, I, I definitely will help you out. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the, the reality of it is I don't need any fancy equipment, right? I can take my cell phone and record a podcast and publish it. Yeah. Like I'm Absolutely. overcomplicating it because I have a certain expectation of what it needs to be. But there are certain programs you can use that will help increase the quality that are very simple yeah. and uh, mostly free. Well, after the podcast, we'll talk and then <laughs> I'll get you set up. <laughs> I actually might be running out of juice here on my device. So. Yeah. Okay. No, no problem. We're, we're just about at the end anyway. So uh, if, if anybody did want to use your, your services, is this something that they need to be in Sacramento or is this a worldwide kind of thing that you can provide? It's actually totally worldwide. I have clients all over. And when I lived in Europe, I worked with clients in the U.S. So I'm definitely available. And I'm totally set up to work online. Yeah. I hope you get online as well. That's right. So uh, how can people go find out? what you do and find out if they, they can help or if you can help them. Well, I'm highly active on LinkedIn, uh, Natasha Clausen. And I think my LinkedIn is like in Clausen or you can search my name. I also have a website. It's, um, aspiring, which is spelled a S P I R E E N, uh, co, which is C O.com. Um, and I have a contact form on there so you can learn a little bit about my services. Um, and you can also reach out and I can tell you more. All right. Fantastic. Uh, thanks for hanging out. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, it's You've been nothing but fun since I met you the first time. And uh, I think I feel like we clicked right away. This is, we had a mutual uh, understanding of the, of the job, of the design world. And it, it's, it's, been, it's been nice. 
I, I've always had a affinity for technology, design, and fun things like movies and books. So I think that made it pretty easy for us to connect. Yes, right, right away. Because I, I can nerd out about design things, and I get very excited uh, talking about it and explaining things. And like, hey, here's a trick. This this will make things faster. And you were very like, oh yeah, show me that, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because well, I think we we didn't even meet for that long. I came down to LA for a press check. Yeah, I think you gave us, me a tour of the facility, so it, it couldn't have been that long at all. No, I, we I think we spent maybe two or three hours max uh, hanging out, and then uh, we exchanged information. And then we were talking, and uh, I th- the design project, the the team that you had built, I think you had reached out like, hey, if you uh, have anything, send it my way. Absolutely. And yeah, it's been crazy how long we've been keeping in contact. That's pretty cool. Yep, Facebook, man, it really helps. It, like those connections yeah. that might otherwise, you know, have dissolved or gone away. There's just a lifeline there for when it makes sense. Yeah. So. Well, anyway, it's been a pleasure. Thank you again. Uh, if there's anything I can do to ever help out, do not hesitate to ask. And we'll uh, see you next time. I appreciate you. It's okay not to know.